I happen to be half Texan. So I grew up riding. So I want to ride again. Now, some people would say, why don't you just lease a horse? But I'm not normal. She said normal. Just like that. Wow. Welcome back. It's just been a three-year hiatus. Don't act, don't act all surprised. But we're back. Cake and kombucha is back. A lot's changed. I have a dog now. You're going to hear her in the background probably. Um, three years have passed. I moved to Los Angeles. Blah, blah, blah. Let's get to the real fun. This time we're going to talk about something that is near and dear to my heart, and that is Bravo. Bravo, 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 fucking bravo. All right. We're talking about Bravo. This is now a Bravo podcast. Okay. So if you come here to learn about things other than, um, you know, fights over cheese boards and people who are just kicked out of BravoCon for being racist, even though we've all known she was racist for years, she's literally the most offensive person that's ever been on television. <clears throat> Ramona, you're in the right place. Um, but yeah, I just want to have fun with you guys. I want to keep it light. But we are going to get into serious topics sometimes because that's what Housewives brings. You know, we get to analyze people on their worst behavior in front of a camera who aren't great actors. So we really are seeing them. And let's not forget the psychological profile of most people who choose to do something like this. It's, um, you know, a couple personality disorders layered on top of one another. It's, it's great. The combination makes for great TV. So I'm really excited to say that it won't be just me on the pod. Um, I have a very exciting co-host who will be joining us after she finishes her run on the Broadway. And then a quick jaunt to Europe afterwards to decompress and to come back here. She uh, will be revealed in a few weeks. And I'm excited to say that I have the Bravo knowledge. Now, she's never been a Bravo girl. She's been a, a love is blind. Um, you know, she likes a competition show, a love competition show. Uh, love Island. I never got into those things. I really haven't watched that kind of things. Well, I've watched a few, but like, you know, I feel like we grew up with that. Uh, you know, what are, what are those shows? You know, the one with the throne, the purple throne and Carmen Electra, that kind of thing. Oh, and was it Next also? It was kind of like live Tinder before there was Tinder on MTV. So yeah, I don't know. I just kind of got into, I think Atlanta, no, New Jersey right after I graduated from college. And then since then, I've just been, I watch all the, all the shows and the ones that, the only ones I've let lapse, I missed a few um, seasons, a few middle seasons of um, New Jersey because it, it got very dark for me. But yeah, we have lots of good things in store. This is an incredible time to be relaunching because we have so many shows that are rebooting. And that fourth wall, man, it's very permeable. Like, we are seeing institutions, 27 year institutions are crumbling. There's there's just a lot happening. People are getting robbed. People are going to jail. It's a renaissance. It's a renaissance, um, if, if you will. And yes, I did go to renaissance. Perhaps I should just do a whole episode about that, too, and put it on Patreon. But 
um, yeah, I'm I'm so excited to connect again with all of you who are listeners before. I think even if you don't watch these shows, I'm going to do my best, like the greats before me, to kind of give you the meat of why it's so hilarious. Um, because I list, literally listen to recaps of shows I haven't watched sometimes just because they're fun. So I hope I can provide that for you. And then to my newer, already Bravo-obsessed audience, welcome. I'm here to give you the hot takes. I'm here to give you, you know, some ethnically tinged takes that you might not be getting. Um, AKA Crystal was right about everything. And um, I said what I said. So I'm, I'm pumped. So let's just get into it. So episode one, season 9,053 of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. I had no idea. You think they're hiding something? So we open up with Dorit and Pikai. And, uh, you know, he's double bagging, double fisting these bags of potato chips, which I personally don't see an issue with. They were two different flavors. So I I do understand why you would have both of them open at one time. In any case, um, they are having like their little fun banter. And she says, Eagle Woman is coming over. Eagle Woman is coming over, um, which, you know, immediately I heard that and I was like, okay, we're doing some sort of ceremony. These people will do anything but go to a actual licensed psychologist or psychiatrist. I mean, I'm not saying I believe in all kinds of manner of boo boo things, too. I literally moved to a neighborhood um, and largely I was influenced by the fact that there was a crystal shop right on my block here in Los Angeles. However, I do think it's funny that there's just like life coaching up the waz. And I just some of these women need some very like serious modalities of therapy that are just like a place one might start first. Right then the doorbell rings. It's Eagle Woman. Eagle Woman comes to the door. Um, and then, you know, PK has already started his bullshit. Is she flying over? So I want to. Here's the thing. I feel like we paint a broad brush when it comes to people from the United Kingdom as if they all have this amazing wit and great senses of humor. Is your culture, does culture sort of like suffuse through your upbringing? If you grew up in a place where it was like a value of everyone around you to have banter, to be able to engage in a little back and forth, to be able to take the mickey or take the piss out of someone, are you going to like develop those skills? Sure. But we we also kind of put everything British on a pedestal here in America. So I'm just going to put it on record right now. PK is not funny and I will fight any attempts to, you know, grant him his little quips, you know, to, to paint them as such just because he says them. It just doesn't mean it's funny. Is she flying over? That's not funny. So Eagle Woman comes to the door and then he goes to the door and Dorit says, oh, my God, I'm going to apologize right now uh, because, you know, I, I for my husband, I know what he's going to say. And then he's like, oh, babe, you're, you're apologizing for me. We haven't even got started yet. I haven't even I haven't got started. Look, I don't like this. It reminds me of people when people say to me, 
did I even say my name at the beginning? My name is Kelechi Aza. Hi. <laughs> Hello. It's an Igbo name. Uh, my father was from Nigeria. And, you know, my whole life, people will meet me and be like, oh, I'm not going to remember that. Oh, I'm sorry in advance. No, don't apologize in advance. Find the nearest curb and jump off. I don't want to talk to you. So I didn't like it when Dorit was apologizing in advance. Like, oh, sorry, but my, my husband, he might say something racist. I'm, I'm going to work on my Dorit. But yeah, I, I'm like, don't apologize. Just don't do it. And when someone named Eagle Woman comes to the door and she looks at all brown, like slightly tanned. Just don't say anything like you are about to step in some shit. And then what I also didn't like was in her confessional. Dorit was like, my husband, Pikai, he's got a habit of putting his foot in his mouth. No, actually ramming it down his throat. Oh, the writers strike. Oh, these women need help. They need help with their lines. That's weird. I don't want to hear about anyone ramming their foot down their throat. Um, that noise you hear in the background is my dog chewing a Himalayan yak chew. So I apologize for that uh, crack. That. <laughs> oh, she just stopped because she heard I was talking. About yeah, I don't like that. First of all, he doesn't put his foot in his mouth. Correct me if I'm wrong, which I literally might be wrong. But I thought when you put your foot in your mouth, there was like some chagrin because you said something that you did like it. it you, you got yourself in a pickle. Oh, my God. I'm using other. <laughs> I'm using other expressions to describe this expression. I just thought I'm using other idioms to describe this. I just thought you said something you didn't mean to say and that like came out badly. And you're like, oh, zoinks afterwards. He's not sorry. He's like, I I can be offensive because I'm British and I was told that I'm funny. Like he's not sorry. So he's not putting his foot in his mouth. He's just embarrassing you. So just say it with your chest. But we'll get to their marriage problems later. Let's move on to the next. Oh, before we move on, Dorit's hair is giving. I, there's something about a bronze. There's something about some caramel highlights. Ooh, honey, sumptuous. Just the, you know, I have never dyed my hair. I have never done nothing but a cherry Coke rinse, you know, Back in the 90s, honey, not in the 90s. I wasn't getting my hair dyed in the 90s. I was a child. But, you know, my hair is actually what they call in France, chatin. Or I guess if it's female, chatin. Which means it's a very strange, mousy brown with gray undertones. Whereas, like, if I don't put oil in it, that kind of makes it look darker and refre- reflects the light. Um, like, when I used to do wash and goes with, for example, like a kinky, curly, uh, coiling custard, whatever, curling custard, which is kind of a just it doesn't that is a product that doesn't didn't give my hair type sheen. People would be like, I remember people being like, oh, your hair is like, is it gray? Did you dye gray? What an interesting color. So that's what I'm working with. So I used to want it to be darker back in the day. So I've done a rinse. Um, So my only fun like dye come, you know, dye experiences come when I, you know, I buy some wigs that are really giving this. I would wear this wig. I, I don't it's not a wig. She's got pieces in. But like, it's gorgeous. It's gorgeous. And it's fun to not all be blonde. Like, I kind of think it's weird unless you're Beyonce. And that's, you know, you have a very good reason to have a recognizable, like, you know, trademark hair color. That's that stands out more because most black people are not blonde. You know, 
some some have the have the gene and you know it it stands out on her but beyond that i think there is something strange about like just living your entire life having to go dye your brown hair blonde and also just why are we all blonde like why just something that is a recessive gene why is that the most prominent hair color around like just why are we looking all around and everyone's blonde i don't even like when kyle dyes her hair um lighter i think I just think black hair is so stunning. And with her black hair and green eyes, she reminds me of the villain from Lady Lovely Locks, which was as problematic as it sounds, because I think the villain's name was Lady Raven hair or something. But of course, as a girl, you know, growing up in the 90s, the brunettes and the dark haired characters were that, that was my representation. Like we used to take y'all if you're any Gen Z listeners might not know. We used to take representation where we could get. Okay, so the white character, the friend with brown hair, black hair, that's the team that I was on. So I think just because of that sort of um, oppression, um, I love Kyle. When she has that long black hair, I love it. I just don't see the need to make it those chestnut colors uh, or the caramels. I don't I don't see that for her. Just keep it. You know, I love her with some black hair and a caftan. Just, you know, keep it vaguely exotic. Now, Eagle Woman, Eagle Woman says, what I do is I'm a doctor of the soul. And Dorit nods as if that is a phrase that has a meaning in any other lexicon except for Eagle Woman's specific lexicon. Now, Eagle Woman is giving you, quite as it's kept, she's giving you sexy um, older lady. She's giving you Grand Dame meets Raquel Welch meets... um, Dare I say that she meets a little bit of uh, Lena Horne? There's something going on with her features that is very pleasant to me. She's she's beautiful. And she says her job is to make sure everyone feels safe. And then she says she's going to take them on a vision quest. Now, I haven't read up on vision quests um, recently. I did think they took longer than an afternoon. I thought you had to, like, go out into the woods, um... I thought in some cultures there was maybe some ayahuasca. I could be conflating. I'm probably conflating like, you know, North. I think I'm conflating North American and South American um, practices. But I just, oh, no, Eagle Woman. Now I'm now going to ask you, are you allowed to be saying what you're saying? And if we're at this point not even supposed to get white sage because it's being mass produced since it's been so commercialized and appropriated, et cetera, and now actual, you know, indigenous First Nation Native American practitioners can't get the white sage. Are you supposed to be passing out um, vision quests? I don't know. It's my dog, Cersei. She doesn't know either. Okay, now we go into the getting ready montage where, you know, we see a FaceTime call where Kyle is working out with ankle weights on. Her workout set is really cute. Um, This is the point where you start to wonder if working out will be her entire personality from now on. And the answer to that is probably, but also mixed with a scandal. Um, And then we we see Crystal for a second. We see Sutton getting ready. We see Dorit going into full glam, which is funny. It evokes the, you know, her and Kyle's fight from before about putting on full glam to go to I don't remember what the event was, but it's like, of course, she's going to put on glam. She takes pictures. And I honestly, I overstand. If I'm going to be on camera 
why would I not be camera ready? And if I take the time to be camera ready, why would I not take some pictures if my job is social media? Not everyone was a child star whose family married into the Hiltons. Like, calm down. So anyway, uh, oh, we do see Dorit call Kyle on FaceTime. And then Kyle answers in a towel, which, of course, is what you do when you know you're going to be televised to the entire world and you're just caught unawares. Oh, me in this towel. Oh. And then, you know, Dorit puts on a fourth accent and says, oh, sex, I lie, die, which I'm like, I don't know what you're trying to give, but it was weird. And then Kyle says, who, me? I just got out the shower. Yes, Kyle. People like traditionally are considered sexy when they're dripping wet and almost naked. That's not like an unusual thing for someone to think that's sexy. I don't. And then Kyle, in full unawareness of how sexy she might be, flashes her boobs. And Dorit's like, don't, don't do it. Don't do it. Oh, my God, your new boobs. I don't know if they're new, but like, you know, everything's new. I've just been working out so much. So now we are headed to the origin, the birthplace, the fertile crescent of Vision Quest, Malibu, under a tent with floral arrangements that interns are putting out. So that's where we're going. Um, we see Garcelle and Sutton in the car and Sutton says her stomach hurts. She's so nervous. Whatever, girl. Like, uh, OK, guys. Yes. When we were last together, whatever type shit, when we were last together. I, moving on to the true victim of the evening and the season is Kyle. So we get to see flashbacks of Kyle at the reunion. Then we get Kyle's first confessional. And call me toxic. I have always liked to never been bothered by Kyle style. I don't. I might be basic. I don't know. I just, I just like bright. I like bright colors. I like, you know, figure flattering cuts. I'm not like a high fashion girly. I'm a just look nice in nice tailoring girly, I guess. We'll get into it more when I discuss Miami like I might be tacky I don't know if I had my way and my way being if I still fit straight size clothes I probably would still buy all my clothes from BCBG and guess like I used to so <laughs> everyone's allowed to have their different aesthetics okay anyway Kyle's like my relationship with everyone has changed a lot since last year okay why I ba I barely remembered but let's get into it. Then we go into the fun reunion clip. Lisa Renna trying to speak through her lips, you know, with some difficulty. How would you think I would going to feel hearing you were trying to destroy your sister? And then Kathy being like, I never said that. I may have said other things like it was so weird last season. They just kept promising some scandal. It never came. And Lisa Renna you know, she served as well for her time, but it was time for her to go because her soap opera antics, they just weren't working anymore. What are the stakes involved in that you said mean stuff about your sister? We already know that y'all don't get along. Like some years they're talking to each each other and some years they're not. The, 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 are the, wait, what is their last name? The Richards. I was about to call them the Hilton sisters. The Richards sisters. Like, I just don't understand quite what... I understand Kyle's investment in her relationship with her sisters. And I also understand, I mean, at this point, after watching her for years, I understand her investment in 
making that central to everybody else because she is very self-focused. However, I just didn't quite get what Lisa was trying to do with that last year. It was like, okay, you heard Kathy say some really messed up things like I'm going to ruin her life. I'm going to end her. Da, 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 da. I don't I just feel like you're not you know, she's you're we're not that that villain. What's the Hanna-Barbera guy who would tie people to the train tracks and twirl his mustache like you're not actually him. So it, when I say I'm going to ruin her, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. What like it's a figure of speech. <laughs> It means I'm mad. Like, I, I, I'm i not excusing anything. I'm just saying no one is about to be murdered. Like, she really acted like Kathy was like, I am I put a hit on her out on Kyle and it's it's going to take place tomorrow afternoon. So don't like don't if you if you're over at her house eating croutons, don't walk past the front, the window in the foyer. I, 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 let me go back into Kyle. I was very hard by some of the ladies last time I saw them. So I'm I'm nervous about how much um, emotional blackmail I can inflict on them today. Crystal arrives and she says her only line of the episode, Hi! This is really pretty. And then Garcelle, you know, she debuts her first confessional dressed as the Hamburglar. Now, I want to be uh, clear, and perhaps this feeds into what I said earlier. I might be tacky. I'm, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm not tacky. I have impeccable taste. Kyle's caftans are cute. Come for me. She dresses cute. I think the thing is, sometimes people give off that they their looks are chosen for them. I think that's what it is. I think that you know sometimes people like Dorit get put on a pedestal. Because they love fashion and they're personally invested in fashion. And I'm not going to lie and say I have like, you know, the like historical background to know the significance of all the looks she puts together. And, oh, this was vintage Valentino and this is a Balenciaga, you know, pigeon nest that she's wearing, blah, blah, blah. But I just think that sometimes people who are dressed versus dressed themselves get called, you know, boring uh, I mean, I think I think Kyle looks nice most of the time. She has misses like we all do. Um, I think that, for example, Erin on Real Housewives of New York, she wears a lot of plain but chic and nicely put together aspirational pieces mixed with some other things that are like very light and feminine, you know, eyelet, um, cotton, embroidered things that she was wearing in Anguilla. Things that I would wear, actually, which is perhaps why I moved to say I don't think that's her real taste. I think someone gave that to her and it just kind of doesn't fit with the harshness of her personality. It just everything about her seems contrived. So I just feel like you don't leave being like, "Ooh, that's fashionable because you're just distracted. Maybe that's just me being a hater. I am literally saying I don't think she is creative enough to dress herself. And so she looks nice, but I'm not giving her credit for it. That's that's what I'm saying. It's hateful. Um, but Garcelle does look like the Hamburglar. She looks like the Hamburglar. I love black and white. I love black and white graphics. I have a black and white striped rugs. I love stripes. I've been wearing stripes since way back when. Your hips are supposed to be wider with stripes, blah, blah, blah. No, I learned early on that a horizontal stripe, it 
it it kind of bisects your it's it's like wearing a belt you know so if you have an hourglass it actually looks really nice when those stripes hit in the right place however she is wearing like zebra patterned horizontal stripes in a fabric that doesn't look like lux it looks like um polyester and she has this cherry coke what is that what what extension number is this 30 33 she's like bright red number 30 hair now and to top off the look they kind of painted hamburglar's eye mask onto her face she's wearing this big graphic eyeliner look that is like an two oblongs like imagine if you took a wing eyeliner and then you just filled in your entire eye, the like your eyelid um, with a black square sticking out to the sides, it doesn't match her face shape. And so that's the kind of thing I'm talking about. Take risks. I'm not you're not going to hear me just say, oh, this looks bad because it's, you know, animal print. Don't get me. So I just told you I'm tacky. I love animal print. OK, I own like more than one animal print boots. I just I think this was so misguided. Like just having makeup on that doesn't accentuate your eye shape, that's not acceptable when you have help that you're paying. So I think someone is really guessing her. Someone is like, girl, this is so unique. This is going to give. It's it's groundbreaking. It's fashion. Because uh, uh, this is very misguided and it makes me, makes me upset. You got a horse? I got a horse in the Netherlands and I was telling Garcelle, um, he can pull a carriage. What is that? I, I don't know if, enough about horses. I thought, can they not all pull carriages? I thought if you like strapped something to them and they moved forward, you know, they would be pulling it. And that's like a pack animal thing that they do. Anyway, Sutton has a horse in the Netherlands. I'm so glad they get into her financials this season because I've always wanted to know where her money came from. It's just a lot. She's like gives like like Lisa Vanderpump ability to just do wildly unnecessary shit. And I I think I looked online uh you know a couple of years ago and it just said oh she is a 1 million dollar net worth or something and I was just massively confused but I've since realized that all of those net worth websites are like completely made up. Like, I guess, like, unless it's Forbes or something, it's just not because I think in Forbes, they actually, you know, ask people because people are excited to be written about in those lists. Um, so, yeah, I was just mystified. I was like, I don't understand this amount of disposable income. Ooh, 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 hot take time, hot take time. OK, so I wasn't operational um, last year during the Erica scandal, but I had lots of thoughts about it and we're going to get into it. So she stomps out of the car in her little boots with the fur and says, I fully do. Last year I was vicious. Um, I'm unimpressed by me and Erica. And I think that everyone acted very shook by very minor reads that she gave. Like, did she really ever read anyone down or just tell them to fuck off? I, I struggled to remember her just being like, and you, your marriage sucks. And you, and you, your, your only friend is your horse of the Netherlands. I don't really remember her doing that. I just was unimpressed. And whilst I think there were lots of sketchy things going on, Whilst it strains credulity 
that she could really think her husband was making all his money from the law because just me being a lay person who knows lawyers, um, they're like, they have a good living, but they're not like multiple private jet rich. So I, that always begged questions for me from the very beginning. However, they were starting to piss me off with the give the earrings back thing. Like she was just going to call a victim on the phone and be like, hey, do you want these? Once something is an illegal proceeding, it's things have to be decided by the court. And they would really act like every time she said that she was just being really cold. I don't know. That whole thing was just like there was a lot going on last year. The illiteracy, the article about her, the the expose that explained everything you want to know is too long. So I didn't read it famously. Kyle, I didn't read the article. Could you tell me what it said? There was just a lot. It was coming up against my um, I'm proud to say that having moved to Los Angeles, I still don't know. I have not met any people that can't read an article yet. So I'm not going to paint that on all of um, Los Angeles or Beverly Hills. And then we have the flashback of Crystal, who I still like being like, all I think about are victims. Okay, but Erica, unless you want her to just like send herself to jail, jail apropos of, you know, she I don't like this. Like, if you think your friend is not innocent, don't be friends with her. But if you think she is innocent, don't act like you don't understand what it takes to try to have some sort of a defense. So, yeah, Crystal says, all I care about are victims. And then uh, Erica says, I don't give a damn about it about it about myself. Oh, I made it. And like, because <laughs> Doreen's like, honey, just take a breath. And she's like, no, I made it. I don't, I never took that literally. I just took it to mean I am trying to not go to jail. Like I have to look out for me. No one else was looking out for her at that point, just her. So I don't, I'm not really, um, like this isn't a Jen Shaw situation to me in which like the writing was on the wall. Um, Jen Shaw is an actual sociopath. If you do the research and listen to her phone calls or are there, I'd rather there are screenshots of text messages. Like all of her, the court proceedings are insane. And it wasn't even the first time that her fake company had been, um, you know, sanctioned by the FTC. So I just think like they were kind of doing a lot. The women were doing a lot. Like I care about victims. And I know you want to wheel women. <laughs> I think Diana, as horrible as she was to watch, when she said, what are you doing for the victims? That was, uh, I hate to say it, but that was not a bad question. Just constantly saying, I care about the victims. It's giving, it's giving land acknowledgement. What else have you done? Do you care about equity? Do you care about real people alive? Or you just want to make announcements. Oh, and Erica was allowed to keep the earrings. They were determined to have been a gift. I'm not even going to make up stuff. I don't. All I know is she, the court said they're hers. So the entire, you know, foundation of that, like, just give back. Why would you give back the earrings? It was nonsense. Like, and she was right. I mean, I'm not, what you will find out about me is no matter how I feel about these women, I'm not going to not say someone was right when they were right. So Erica enters and then we have like, uh, what I love about Beverly Hills and Watch What Happens Live and Andy Cohen is the the bubble, 
they are ensconced in that has not made any progress from like 1997. There might, you know, might as well, the Ozempic talk, we could have been having like Dexatrim, like hydroxy cut, you know, conversations. I mean, I would say most of the other franchises have at least, even the OC knows that they should say things like, I love myself at any size. I just took Ozempic, <laughs> lost weight, and got my arms uh, liposuctioned off because I, uh, you know, losing the thread line. And I want to be clear, I'm not making fun of people taking Ozempic. Any, anyone who wants to lose weight can lose weight. Do whatever you want with your body. But to just, you know, taking a drug, I think, to lose weight is a, is a serious measure. And so for Emily on OC to to pretend that it's just part of fitness, like the way it got conflated with fitness is trash. However, it is at least an attempt to be, you know, current with the times and politically correct that these old Hollywood broads don't do. And part of me kind of lives for it because this is a world we live in, you know, let's all just be open about how obsessed we are about this. And so you'll find on my pod, I I don't like to make comments about women's bodies or people's bodies, but it's going to come up and A, having been super fit and, you know, problematic eating, problematic working out to now being bigger once I stopped doing that and recovering from it, I kind of think I have license to poke a little bit of fun and also, you know, privileged women who are struggling with some of the same societal, you know, mores that we all do. I'm I'm punching up. I'm punching up. You can fit a sample size and I can't. I'm not punching down. So Erica enters and Kyle screams. She's, you know, Kyle screams in vocal fry. Are you the incredible shrinking woman? And Erica says, no, are you? And son's like, oh my God, you're so skinny. Like son, you should call someone skinny. Stop. Then Crystal, who literally openly has an eating disorder and has discussed it, says, I want to be the incredible shrinking woman. Like, what planet are we on? I don't want to knock Crystal because I know that when you're in in your disorder, you are in it. And so, like, sometimes you can try to say the right things to yourself and, you know, practice what you've learned. Wait, she hasn't been to therapy. But see, that's something that annoys me. I think Kyle, too, is like, She'll say she used to have an eating disorder, but she got over it. But then she would always be talking about how much people ate and stuff. It's just not healthy. But anyway, everyone just loses their shit. I mean, there's like a whole like three minute segment. Oh, my God, you're so skinny. You're so skinny. You're so skinny. I want to be an incredible shrinking woman. I want to be an incredible shrinking woman. I want to shrink. Oh, my God, I want to be flat like a piece of construction paper. Oh, my God, I want to blow away in the wind. I just want to be flat like a keyboard. I want to wrist like noodles. Give me wrist like noodles for Christmas. Dear God, it's me, Margaret. Can you take away a dimension? I want to be 2D. And then Erica just says, Horvids. Kyle's like, Horvids. Again, I don't fault Erica. Oh my God, this sounds like I'm such an Erica stan, but I'm not. I think she's ridiculous. I guess I'm not going to lie. I relate to her as someone that moved to New York to work in show business. I I guess I just, I don't know, probably connected a little bit with her in the beginning because her whole like, you know, the prudish thing they do on here where 
She's like, pat the puss, pat the puss. And like, oh my God, pussies, gay background dancers. Ah! So yeah, she ruffled their feathers and I liked that. But I just, I, I don't really, I kind of neutral about her, but I will say if you, if I don't want to talk about something that happened to my body, I'm going to tell you anything I want. You, I could be dying of cancer right now. So don't come up to people and tell them, just don't tell people, don't talk about people's weight loss or weight gain. It's not, for example, I mean, I guess if I tell you, hey, I really want to develop eight arms like an octopus. I'm working really hard at it. I'm counting my macros. And then you see me and I have become a cephalopod. Sure. Say congratulations. Otherwise, mm. and so she says, hobos. I have no fucking idea what you're talking about, but that's okay. That's the thing. I don't know what you're talking about, but if you start telling me, yeah, I mean, but if I start telling you rather in this example, you know, making a big deal about why you're skinny, you could be like Mickey Mouse and it's your right. Tell me it's Mickey Mouse and Donald Duck. I don't care. But then in her confessional, Dorit is like, hormones. Sorry, that was Erica. Hormones spelled O-Z-E-M-P-I-C. And then Erica in her confessional where she looks like Lady Godiva says, people think I'm a Zebic? And she like literally looks side to side. Like it's great camera work. I don't know if the producers were on either side of her eyeline, but she just looks side to side. No, I'm not, but I meant some really good herbodes. And they should be too. It, it only became clear to me after I heard another podcaster talk about it that I guess I mean like hormones you get for menopause. I'm not going to lie. Of all the things that are, you know, of all the health processes that happen to everyone or, you know, 50, everyone who born with, you know, a vagina and a uterus and ovaries, I don't know a lot about it. It's like not talked about a lot. So I guess like 15, 20 years, I'll just be smacked in the face with, um, a huge life stage change that I'm underprepared for. But again, this comment was just funny because again, of her the way she says it like this, like her whole like way of talking where she only moves the bottom half of her face and, and does this really quick delivery. Like she's in a David Mamet play. Hormones, hormones, yes, hormones. You should be too. Um, it's just funny. And again, I have no idea what hormones you're talking about. I guess you're dragging the other ladies saying they should be on good hormones. So like good wine or is it just because like you're saying they're all, you know, having terrible night sweats and ruining their sheets? I don't know. But again, whatever. Okay, so then the ceremony starts. We're not going to go into details. It's just like any other, you know, vaguely indigenous ceremony that they these all the housewives do all around the world with shamans, whatever. I mean, okay, it's like replace it with a trust building exercise. They could be up on, you know, stilts or climbing ropes, whatever. It's to get them back, you know, 20 minutes. We're going to be friends again so that we can have all our friendships dissolve uh, throughout the season. Great. However, I do want to say that Dorit's hair is even more caramel in this scene. And it is it's just sumptuous. It's just it's a gorgeous color. It's really, really beautiful color. I feel like it makes her look younger. I feel like it makes her look more like her little um, British, Moroccan, Connecticut self. And she also has a completely different side profile. Um, I credit my homegirl, Katie, for putting me on to learning about skincare and plastic surgeries and stuff. I, too, was one of the unanointed, one of the uninitiated who used to think that 
if someone's face completely changed, it was just from contouring. Like now I laugh at comments that are like defending with their life. Ariana Grande didn't get surgery and did it. Oh, and here's what I want to say that ties back into the Ozempic comment. I don't believe that losing weight is a virtue or like a, a sign of moral character or something to be congratulated about. Um, I so I don't. I also don't think it's an insult to say someone's on Ozempic because this whole idea of like doing things, oh, I did it the hard way. Okay, I don't give a fuck. Like, do you think when you get to the pearly gates, St. Peter is going to be like, oh, you know, if you only did a few more Tybo videos, I would let you through. But instead you um, you took the uh, the coffee fruit pills that Dr. Oz was selling. Like, no. Uh, so I refuse to A, judge people for having surgery and B, Pretend that they didn't. Now, if that seems like a morally ambiguous stance, um, all this is to say is Dorit has a completely new nose and I do feel qualified. If you ask me, I have an MD from YouTube now. So yeah, you could come at me, but like, unless you are, are a plastic surgeon, I kind of don't want to hear about it. I've never seen this nose before. It's a completely different shape. And that's all there is to it, really. Sutton's first confessional. I love meditation. I love yoga. I, I can meditate, mm, eagle woman, fly on down. Again, it's not funny. The strike is beating y'all's asses. You needed help. You really needed help punching up these jokes. However, what I will say is I love this outfit. I don't necessarily love it on her because um, I I just, I'm not quite sure what that color palette has to do with um, her. Her, you know, what is she? Is she a cool winter? Fall? I don't know. I'm just kidding. I don't know. I don't know the, the seasons, the color palettes, but... I love it. When I tell you, it'll never get old for me to dress like it's 1823. I am a peasant in the French countryside. I've just gathered my bundles of skirts to run outside after I finished um, firing up the kiln to make bread. But seriously, this off the shoulder, you know, I love an off the shoulder moment. If you if you know, you know, um, this corseted portion in the middle with boning and then this sheer uh, pattern of dots to give it that taste of whimsy. Do they sell this in the Sutton store? Now, Mary, do they make this corset in a size 14? <laughs> oh, so she hopes that there could be healing and starts out, you know, right out of the gate confronting Erica. I'm happy to go first. Erica, I was really hurt by you, by what you said at the reunion. Obviously, I'm sure you know why. Cut to Andy at the reunion. What Bravo Liberty relationship do you think is heading to Splitsville next? Then Erica, who's dressed like some sort of Powerpuff girl in a denim suit with like these two pigtails on either side of her head, um, half up, half down, says, I think it's Doreen and PK. And then turns like does a pivot around herself and sashays back to her seat and andy's just like oh my god his face his mouth is wide open then dorit um get, says something to the effect of you know like why would you say something you said it so you know passionately or like the intention was to hurt or whatever you really you said it like you really wanted to say that um and then erica which this is i, I mean it was hilarious so in one of the dumbest lines of the whole episode says, Dorit, I'm a showman. I walked right down to the front of that stage and I gave the people what they wanted. Huh? You're the greatest showman now, girl. I, 
don't know what to say. I was speechless. <laughs> <laughs> We're the sharpest words, what it could be down. I'm gonna send the flood to Bravo Khan. <laughs> That's not a showman. That's a bitch. Dorit had this confessional that. Oh, everyone, the lexicon, it spread too far throughout the internet. Everyone's saying it's iconic. It's not iconic. Like, congratulations. She was mobile in her upper body and like shook around and imitated Erica. Oh, great. It was it was OK. She called her a bitch. I, I got actually like that. Sometimes some people are being a bitch and these shows get very high and mighty. Like, you called me a bitch. You called me a bitch. It's like, yes, because you're being a bitch. And um, I would also like to say that whilst there were lots of Chanel matching Chanel logos, Chanel this, Chanel here, Chanel there, all over her confessional look. What I like the most about it is that she is wearing a big old headband wig that looks like it could have been from Amazon. Um, I That's what I appreciated about it. She, like, you know, many of us in the culture, uh, she doesn't wear, you know, Dorit loves a protective style. Quite as it's kept. People don't always seem to notice, but... She loves a wig and she's going to like be like, just because I have these beautiful bronze highlights, it doesn't mean that I'm going to do my hair for every confessional or every day. So you're going to get this wig that looks exactly like my hair. One of my um, an, a white acting teacher I had once said that everyone should have a wig that looks like their hair. I think this like this was a long time ago and the teacher's era was a long time ago. So I think what is it called? It's called a fall. Is that what, which that's what um, half wigs are called, I think. I recently watched Desperate Housewives for the first time and I was peeping a lot of um, half wig action. That's what I, what I know to call them as half wigs. But yeah, Dorit loves one of those. So she's just, you know, she's old school. She's old fashioned. So then instead of apologizing, Erica says, Dorit, is your marriage strong? And again, extremely bitchy way to defend this. But not a hex. Everyone reacts as if Erica threw Thor's hammer directly into Dorit's eyeball. And then Erica lands the plane by saying, I don't know. I don't like the whole like, oh, my God, marriages are sacred. We can't say anything about this. We can't say anything. Nothing is sacred. I don't care about your relationships. You don't care about mine. Okay, let's just get into the mud together. And then Sutton, who... I'll I'll save my opinion on her affect that I'm seeing um, later for later. It might come up in the in the season. But she says the only thing that I have heard about PK and Dorit is that there might or may not have been a woman in the car with PK. It took like five hours to get the line out. Um, uh, yeah, maybe there was a woman in the car with them. I, I don't care. And then the theatrics. The theatrics come in. I was getting it from all sides last season, and I just needed a moment to catch my breath. That I apologize as your friend if I was vicious, if I was rough. <laughs> what Erica is going to do is give a monologue from a Tennessee Williams play and just let one tear fall down her face. And I cannot lie. It is compelling. It's not that I believe her. It's that I like to watch it. I do because 
like what you were literally on stage right now. We're all sitting under a teepee in Malibu, but you're on stage in a one woman play. I never felt so unheard. I love you all. And I'm very sorry. That, that was how it concluded. Of course, Kyle wants to go next because don't you dare out victim Kyle. Can I go next? Something that was bothering me that was um, something that was for me was, you know, obviously we never had problems before, but this is all with my sister, Kathy. <laughs> then we get um, a flashback from the reunion and Andy reading things. Lisa, here's some things you said Kathy said. Dorit is a stupid, useless idiot. Uh, Dorit and Crystal should be fired. They're useless. Okay, she probably said that. <laughs> like, people that have opinions. These aren't death threats. I don't get it. She doesn't know y'all are like you that much. Actually, the Crystal thing, that would have been disappointing because I think Crystal and Kathy actually were supposed to be friends. I can't believe I have to be. This is Andy Renee. I can't believe I have to be around these peons. I will destroy Kyle if it's the last thing I do. <sighs> Again... I don't, these women be drinking and taking pills. She probably did say that. Kyle, I was so upset and I was so emotional, you know. I feel like I looked up and I was so upset and I wanted someone to like come, you know, to cover me or something, you know. No, not really. Like, you and your sisters do this every other year? And they go back to the reunion where Kyle's like, I'm sorry, beloved. I, I don't. I can't talk. Wow. Give me a second. Yeah. Then we go back to her current whiny monologue. I was just so upset. And I was sitting there, and I was just like, I was drifting out to sea or something. And then I just looked up, and everyone was just like, which she was just looked looked down. And it really hurt me a lot. It hurt me a lot. I did expect more from Dorit and Sutton. I was really hurt by that. I've known you guys longer. So then Garcelle pipes in. In one of the realest moments of the episode, she says, I felt for you, but I don't know. I was also confused by you. Because I thought... You're not going for the people that are coming for your family. Which I could translate this, um, if I were to translate this, it would be, hey, I'm sorry you're crying. I don't trust people who let someone talk shit about their sisters. And I'm not getting involved because that's weird. And if you would do that to them, then what would you do to me? That's, she's from, she's Haitian. I'm American and Nigerian. Like we don't, you, you could you could really hate your family member. You know, you don't go to outside people and talk about them and try to pit them against your sister. That's just not a thing. And so I, then to me, like you don't have any loyalty to anyone. And this that's just real. And I'm not saying I live in some old structure of traditions and, you know, that, you know, Kyle should just take abuse from her sister because I actually do absolutely believe that the realest we see Kyle is when she's having like panic attacks um, and acting like a little, I do believe her sister Kathy can instill that fear in her. I do believe Kathy calls her and berates her. I do believe she doesn't know what's gonna come next and she has that kind of like fight or flight turn on when it comes to Kathy. I think there's a, obviously a lot of things wrong in their family. 
it's, I mean, they're estranged off and on and not invited to the, your niece's wedding. And then you are, and then this year Christmas is on and off. I mean, a lot goes on. And, but I do think like, I just, you know, I think we all get annoyed by Kyle because she doesn't take ownership for anything that happens. She doesn't take ownership that making a, a TV show about your family, even though it's your story to tell, it's also their story to not want to be told. So yeah, they would get pissed. It's, it's like, she never, it's just, she's always the victim and it, it gets annoying. Um, okay, let's jump forward. All right, 20 minutes in, even though it took me and you like an hour, but we're 20 minutes in and everyone is friends again. Yay, Eagle Woman. We're doing a spring order. Cashmere order. Okay. Then we have a few horse issues to go through. Define horse. Avi, that's not the line. Avi, she has a horse. What do you mean define horse? It's a horse. It's an equine. It's an old animal evolved from a smaller horse looking at it's a horse. Um, so yeah, we're back with Sutton Sutton. I just, it just struck me. She's introducing more characters now. So she has her little entourage and I just realized, um, Sutton is a single lady. She isn't married. So her, you know, she doesn't have like a husband supporting character. Her daughter, I think has only been on the show once. So it makes sense now that we have her new friend, her wacky gay assistant, Avi. Hi, Avi. So we're bringing him in for some really, really intensely planned and rehearsed comedic relief. And then she's got her good Judy, Jennifer Tilly. And I love it. They're friends in real life. And sure, show us that you have like a like a classic Hollywood, you know, friend that's like an actual real actress. That's not shade to Kyle <laughs> at all. I'm just saying like... I think it's I think it's interesting. I think it like colors the background of her character. She said, I happen to be half Texan, so I grew up riding. So I want to ride again. Now, some people would say, why don't you just lease a horse? But I'm not normal. She said normal. Just like that. Wow. Wow. Santos spoke to me with his eyes. Santos is the horse. Horses do be speaking to you. I rode a horse um, for the first, really for the first time two weeks ago, and I'm in love with that horse, and um, we're besties. So I will be going back to visit him. It was really exciting. First, I cried because I thought I would die, and then they were just like, pull left for left, right for right, back for stop, go on. And I was like, are you kidding? But an hour later... I was doing tricks. Just kidding. I was not doing tricks. Then Jennifer Tilly, she bursts into Sutton's, uh, not salon, what is it? Boutique called Sutton. And she looks like, fat. she has this fabulous green kind of like oriental palm print wrap dress on with glasses that almost look like they have the same print. And she says, oh, I haven't seen you in forever since Paris. And I was like, oh, bed bugs. Jennifer Tilly is one of my best friends for over 10 years. We love to go to fashion shows all over the world. We travel so well together. I did put one of her salted caramels in my ear on an Air France flight because I thought it was the earplugs and they were stuck in my ears and we couldn't get it out. The editors are so rude because they didn't 
someone should have coached her to just give this this uh, anecdote over again. It was so bizarre. Just her salted caramels apropos of nothing. Does she have a brand of salted caramels? Does she just carry Werther's Originals in her purse like an old black lady at church? What are you talking about? So, again, so, I don't know. Sutton's like weirder than usual this season. And I wonder if there's going to be an explanation. Something, something's just off. Was it my, was it my, was it my salted caramel? And then she said, well, yes, it was. Avi is my assistant, but also house manager. Oh. Oh, Avi, is that you being wacky? Being my wacky sidekick? Property manager, head of operations. Oh, thank you, Avi. Thank you. Thank you. Mr. Everything. So next we have a segment about Sutton that was fascinating. I feel like I learned more about her. Like the only thing I ever knew about her was that she was old Southern money or something. She told Garcelle she knew what a kitchen was, like the back of your head kitchen. And that she used to be a ballerina. Um, and so maybe I shouldn't credit her for being more open. Maybe this is just because it says an investigative fan account from Bravo. But finally, we get to find out her divorce settlement. I'm just going to read it because, wow. Um, it was reported that Sunstrack walked away with a staggering $300,000 in spousal support each month. $1.2 million in cash. The couple's Los Angeles home their Augusta home, and an apartment in Venice. She also pocketed a couple of vehicles, a Vespa, partial ownership of two minor league baseball teams, a 44% stake in a lumber company, investment shares, and Amex reward points. <laughs> Please, somebody divorce, marry me and divorce me. Good Lord. I mean... That's just variety. Like what a what a robust portfolio. I a Vespa. Um, but okay, so we finally know like the horse money that she has. That's good. Now she says in this segment, you know, I earned it. Uh, the spousal support, I earned it. I and and then of course, like like a good Judy, you know, Jennifer Tilly's like, of course, you guys didn't have any money when you started out. You built it. Built what? Somebody tell me what they built so I can build it. If anyone listening knows what they built, please send me a DM. I don't care what, um, you know, gender, race, nationality you are. Let's get married and build it together. Okay. I, I don't care if you are in a cult. I don't care. If you tell me it's Scientology, that's the next agenda. Let's go. This is crazy. So yeah, so that's what happened. So she has a very hilarious to me segment about her store. Now, look, honey, no one, absolutely no one believes that this brick and mortar store in 2023 is bringing in even 50% of that building's like probably like what, $30,000, $40,000 a month rent. No one believes that. Um, and she doesn't even tell us that. And she just says, I don't want this anchor anymore. And she talks about how um, she used to have an allowance and then the allowance got cut off. And did I interject that her husband must have been doing something really bad? Like, was he like, was he like in the stables with the horses? Because what, what, it, what, what happened? I don't know what she does. So I just don't know what she means by she helped him build it. Now, if you mean traditionally, like I raised the kids and did all the child support while you were at work, I don't, I, I absolutely believe that. Like, I don't, you know, 
I, th- I think the way divorce settlements are looked at holistically makes sense to me. You're not an island. You know, women are always like supporting men while they go through college and stuff like that and holding it down. And then when the guy gets, you know, hits a big and tells her she can stay home, then 20 years later, it's like, oh, you didn't do anything. That's not right. I just from my limited knowledge, I just feel like this type of settlement stuff just makes it seem like she like co-founded um, Apple with him or something. Like, I just need to know you're getting $300,000 indefinitely, like a month. You just pay for just each random family members, like just pay for your whole college, pay for your whole college, like each month. Like, that's amazing. I'm not the most materialistic person in the world, but the idea of just that type of ease and all the stuff you could do with it, like really helping people like that seems really cool. Um, and of course, I like Italy. She says she's not going to turn spousal support off because, you know, only stupid people will do that. But she doesn't want the anchor, which um, I don't know. Sure. It's nice to be financially independent, but you're not financially independent if you're getting money from somewhere else. So um, but I just think there was something hilarious about the moment that it just feels so out of time that we're taught her business is this brick and mortar store called Sutton. Um, you know, the a store that is curated by someone with legs like a number two pencil only it just it's giving very um, La archive. It's giving very only someone your size would be able to shop there. There's just such a limited number of like limited selection. Who can afford it? What market need are you filling with this? Um, and so she says, my focus is my business and my business is, and you thought, we all thought she was going to say like, it's thriving. She says, my focus is my business and my business is giant paws. Really important. Okay. So you just basically announced the focus of my personal journey storyline is my business this year. But you just, she didn't like, I, I, this just leaves me to feel like the idea of becoming financially solvent from this little boutique is just a fantasy and just like a plot line. It's, it's not going to happen. Who, who shops there? Okay. And now we are in an Erica segment. Erica is meeting with her immediately untrustworthy psychotherapist, Dr. Jen Mann, who appears in sparkly Wizard of Oz high heeled loafers and is willing to have fake therapy sessions on TV. So everything I said about these ladies needing actual psychotherapy, it's retracted. If you are going to go to someone who does therapy on game shows, like couples counseling TV shows and stuff, I looked up her wiki. I would say just skip it. Go do a Carl Winslow. Three, two, one, one, two, three. What the heck is bothering me? Go do one of those. You'll be fine. So this is the first time they're meeting in person and Erica in her confessional with a fierce bob that's bobbing and this Versace denim jacket with kind of like Versace logo um, and emblems screen printed on it says, I've been in therapy for two and a half years. Therapy gives me the tools to organize my emotions. Okay, sure. I feel like there's some deeper emotional work to be done about like your relationship with your mom and your trauma and being married to an old crypt keeper for years. But sure, let's, yes, it's, it gives you tools. Okay. She says, I could take the anxiety and the fear and the sadness and then I could say, you know what? This doesn't serve me, so I'm going to put it away. 
Isn't that what you were doing before? Isn't that what everyone tells you you were doing before? Like keeping your emotions, which by the way, I have always detested the way they, these different personalities, they, they, only certain personalities are respected on these shows and it becomes a trauma Olympic. So I've always been annoyed when they're like, I don't know anything about you because you haven't shared inappropriate trauma with me. It's like, if you spend every day with someone you know, their person. There, there's just other things to someone than the bad things that they've gone through. However, I do think it's funny because that is, she's just, you know, so it's like we have a season where she actually shows her emotions and she's crying a lot and she's angry. She's being emotional. Everyone calls it like cold. Though her freaking out at people at the dinner table, that's an emotion. But of course, it's not expressed in the way that they wanted it. So. They're like, you're not being open and honest. Just be open and honest. Be open and honest. Um, what is interesting is that she now throws a barb to her husband, um, her ex-husband, Tom. And she says, well, I was married to one of the most unsupportive humans, probably to marriages. This is fascinating because the entire arrangement, which she she didn't even do that much work to present it as other than an arrangement in her first seasons was this guy supports me and he gives me money. He funds my entertainment career. So I didn't have to get signed by a studio or find producers, you know, that just wanted came to me. I've got hundreds of thousands of dollars to hire choreographers, musicians to make myself um, a pop alter ego. It's expensive to be me. <laughs> I mean, I might have listened to most of her songs at one point and there were some bops. Anyway, obviously, I'm not going to accuse someone who was in an abusive relationship of lying. It's you do hide things. And yeah, I guess we should always just hold out the possibility that what someone tells you is kind of just like the opposite. They're just kind of like flipping the mirror and telling you the opposite thing that is palatable. But it, it is funny because that was supposed to be his main selling point. It's like he is an old, withered corn husk of a man, but he he's like, baby, go patch your puss. So they talk about how Tom was indicted, how she wasn't indicted, but she's not in the clear because people still will assume she did something wrong, you know, guilty by association, indicted by association. And then... To support that, there are clips of Garcelle saying, I think until she's completely vindicated, she's going to watch her back. Duh. I just need a higher level of legal analysis. These are all, you're all rich people that have lawyers. I just need, I just need something. I need more depth from these, um, the commentary. Um, yeah. So they still think she's a money grubbing whore. Um, I do think it's interesting just the way women get lambasted for things that their husbands do, whereas people are commenting like, oh, my God, I feel so bad for Coach Shaw. What did Jen Shaw do with all that money? What did she do with it? Do you think she didn't support their lifestyle together? I'm not saying I know how much he knew. I'm just saying he should just he should be as reviled as Erica. But I know we know more about her, yada, yada, yada. She said more wild things that are not what someone who has good, you know, media coaching would say about the issues, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then they talk about Tom's eventual death, which he is um, deteriorating and in a facility. Erica says, you know, will I slide back to where I was? 
which I love this entire narrative of like, if something bad happens to me, I will start the exact same behaviors as before because I don't have control over them. But Dr. Jen is in on it because then she says, as long as you don't mix alcohol and Lexapro. Okay, and I'm going to stop you right there. Been mixing alcohol and Lexapro for at least 15 years. Nothing happens. Stop trying to make Lexapro seem like it's some sort of narcotic. It is, it's like such a baby SSRI. Don't drink a lot of alcohol, period. Drinking a lot of alcohol and getting drunk makes people act like an asshole, you know, ir irrespective of whatever other thing they're taking. You don't mix alcohol and Benadryl. And then they flash back to the party last year where Erica tells Garcelle's 15-year-old, get the fuck out of here, <laughs> which his little bewildered face. And it was the nice twin, not the evil manipulative twin, which we'll get to in Garcelle's segment. He didn't deserve that. And she says, I'm off Lexapro now, so it's actually pretty good. Okay, so then is Dr. Mann your actual physician? Why, how does she not know what medicine you're on? Who's prescribing it? Yes, these are the kinds of hot takes. These are my conspiracy theories, okay? I know people do other deep dives like was the were the robberies staged for Doreen and PK? My question is who is prescribing your medication if it's not Dr. Jen Mann? She tries to suggest that the comment she made at BravoCon was because she just doesn't know how to be a friend and doesn't know what to do. And then Dr. Mann, who is endorsing this nonsense, is like, well, you're just going to have to learn empathy. Then Erica says, how, how do I do that? Girl. Girl. Part of me kind of thinks it's funny that she's running with, you guys told me all these bad things that I'm a sociopath, that I'm going to just do wild shit and then stare at you blankly and say, I don't understand why I did it. She fully well... She was just mad at Dorit. Like, I, you absolutely know that that is a very bitchy thing to say about anyone you call a friend. Even with all my shit talking about, like, oh, the kids are off limits, the marriages are off limits, how it annoys me. Obviously, that's mean, and your friend will get mad at you. Like, are you crazy? You're not. So stop playing. So now Kyle comes to Dorit's house to look at crusty cauliflower-esque pizza and not eat it. She has done my least least favorite thing that she does, which is just put brassy yellow vertical stripes in her hair, like very like Tony the Tiger 90s highlights. And just stop. Your black hair is great. Your black hair is great. Um, so again, Kyle, who wants to make up with her sister, is talking smack about her sister on national television. And I think she even says something very you know, breaks the fourth wall and says something like, I mean, everything's fine now, but we'll see how she acts. You know, when she sees this, some, she says something to that effect. I'm not setting her. I'm sorry. I'm not going back to look. It's just what is more interesting is she says, I'm just at a place in my life where I'm going to scissor everybody. No, she says, I'm in a place in my life where I'm just not going to take crap from anybody. Ooh, are you talking about Mauricio? Mauricio. No, she's still talking about her sister. Like, what is your obsession? What is this weird fixation with ruining your family life over and over again? It must be some sort of like intermittent reinforcement from like the high of not knowing when she's going to explode at you and then 
it gets put back together again because then she's like, I didn't do one thing to her for her to say those things. You still don't even have it confirmed. This is something Lisa Rinna said. This is not something that was on tape or anything like that. It's weird. Why are you relitigating this right now? When your sister's not even here to rebut or defend herself in any way. Kyle says, it's taken me this long. After showing some baby photos, which are cute of them. It's taking me this long to say, I'm not going to allow you to treat me like this anymore. <sighs> okay. Again, this is private family business. Then an absolutely amazingly forced segue from Dorit with her glorious new side profile. Listen, my dear, I'm salad, eating salad. It's not the same thing, but speaking of you know, challenges. I had a really difficult year. She was there. Everyone, we were there. What, what is this? Just, you might as well just wear a, a, a posted note on your forehead that says this is, it's my segment now. Like, oh, I had a difficult year all around because of the PTSD and I was struggling. Oh my God, the amazing scene where Dorit, who is actually like such a cute crier with her little downturned face and her big brown eyes, she starts to cry and gets comforted and Kyle has her hands on her head, like wailing style, like not without my daughter, like I'm a, I'm a paid funeral mourner that just comes to like scream, which is a thing that actually happens in, you know, in my culture. It was very, it was giving... This is a look that only happens when your entire family was, you know, riding an elephant and the elephant rolled over on them. It was so weird. And that I don't even remember who it was that she criticized, but she had her like window. She was on her window ledge, her window seat, crying and looking out the window because Dorit had said that she was sad. And then I think it was, oh, Sutton. She was mad at Sutton because Sutton like hadn't responded with enough sadness to Dorit's sadness. But then we find out that Dorit's husband was spending a lot of time in London, blah, blah, blah. They're gearing up for a storyline about their marriage collapsing. I just think it's funny because you're not going to get your moment, Dorit. Kyle's marriage, which was a much longer and larger and storied institution, has actually collapsed. And right now, there was a report that said that PK and Dorit had separated. They came out and said they hadn't separated. So... There's actually no climax. There's no stakes here. Like you are still together. Whatever you're trying to do with your marital problems is not going to um it's not going to it's not going to override Kyle's. So, this is like pointless to me. All right. Now we're in Garcelle's segment. She is in the car with her twins, who I just found out were twins today. I thought these boys were different ages and I just missed that memo um she says oh they used to be I remember when I used to hold them like little butterball turkeys and there's an adorable picture of her holding one on each hip at the same time she said now they can carry me <laughs> they're huge huge I tell you huge it's a few shallow Chevrolet throwback if you're from western New York you if you know you know um but they are really really tall and um they go to the beach to have a picnic where to my, you know, great delight slash extreme boredom, I realized we're going to have another storyline about how in 2023 you can't be a mom and have a job. 
it, have not women been like heavily in the workforce since World War II? Um, I just seem to remember Rosie telling you bitches to get out there. I, I don't want to sound unsympathetic. Obviously, I understand like all the weight of the world is put on a mom's shoulders, but I guess I kind of just wish that I wish that we would not pass on these expectations for moms to do the brunt of the child rearing to the kids. But I understand that to do that, you would have to feel different about it too. And you're holding on to a lot of baggage and the things you hold on to are passed to the kids. But we'll, we'll talk about it. I'm just like irritated when it's like, she's like, I am going to shoot my show in Atlanta and I, I need to work. And I also love to work. That's fine. Like you're allowed to like to work. I just want to be there as much as I can. Are they not in school during the day? Like, uh, okay. Then Jade starts carving <laughs> onto a stick and he says, guess what I'm writing? And they're like, Ashlyn, Oh, and they're like, oh, my God, you're so in love with her. Then they show his little girlfriend, Ashlyn. So cute. She just is adorable. She has like these high cheekbones, this very, you know, broad, beautiful negroid nose. She's kind of giving like young Garcelle, like island island girl. Like she it's like he found someone that kind of like reminds him of his mom, which I think is cute and not edible. So don't be nasty. Um, yeah, then Garcelle said she was gone for three weeks. And then she's in a really weird way to go about a conversation. She says, I wish you would tell me that you hate me because I just want to know. I'm not going to change anything I'm doing, but just tell me I'm a terrible parent. I just want to flagellate. Can you help me? I mean, basically, she, she yeah, she's like, I just need to know. I feel like you're not because first they don't open up. They're just like, everything's fine. You know, yesterday, Jax, you said something. You said that I wish we didn't have to go back and forth. I'm sure he does wish that. Like, that is unsettling for a kid. But why doesn't their father move closer to where they are since she seems to be the one who has, you know, a life that has to be shooting in Beverly Hills? Um, and also, I, I it sucks. Like, but have they Googled why their parents got divorced yet? Um, the fault is on one side, one party side. But they're like, we were with dad for like a year. And Garcelle's like, it was three weeks. It wasn't a year. Then in a very open-ended, miscalculated move for teenagers, Garcelle says, just, you know, just vocalize it. Just tell me how much you hate me. This is your chance to vocalize how you feel about how we run the household. Again, we. Why, why is it we? And then Jax, who is the twin that's dark-sided, says, uh, I would like more freedom. No. Canceled. Next. Garcelle says, you get enough freedom. He says, not as much as I would like. You're 15. Am I? What is actually, what is it that you want to do that you can't do yet that you're even legally allowed to do? Like, there are no privileges that you can even do yet. And then Garcelle says, well, I feel like you don't let me parent you. And this little says, well, I feel like the time to be a parent was two years ago. Uh, all of the parenting and all of the telling me how to live. I feel like I already know. I figured it out myself. I'm sorry. Are you Mowgli? Did you grow up in the woods? What are you talking about? 
two years ago, you were 13. Now you're 15. So yes, in your 15-year-old brain, you think that you know everything because it's not possible to really know what you can't know. And you're a boy and boys are socialized to think that they, you know, know how to run things when they don't. I just can't believe Garcelle was falling for this. Like, it's so manipulative. He's emotionally playing her like a fiddle. Then Garcelle says, so were you saying that I wasn't your mom then? Meaning two years ago. And he says, yeah. Then Garcelle says, I feel like there's a lot of pressure as a working parent. I feel like I've been there for my kids. Can I say I was always there? A hundred percent? No, I can't. Yeah, like... It doesn't mean always physically being present. That's okay. You wouldn't be able to buy them $5,000 sneakers like you did last season if you didn't take jobs sometime. What's going on? There were times that I thought I needed more parenting than you were giving me, but as of now, I don't need that parenting anymore. It's that simple. No, like nothing you're saying is simple. And... Just because she asked you to share your feelings doesn't mean you have to say them in this manner like a detached sociopath. And then he says, you know, my intention isn't to hurt you. I just think what needs to be said needs to be said, whether it's hurtful or not. First of all, who are you talking to? I just want to know. And not from a toxic, you know, parenting. Just who are you talking to as in I'm just merely an adult? Who are you talking to? Where did you learn this? Is this red pill? This is like YouTube. Like, what is this? This is gaslighting. She, he's playing you. And then, you know, in her confessional, she's like, it feels like a knife to the heart. And then she says, for the times that you thought you needed me more, I'm sorry. And he says, and I'm sorry, too. And I'm glad that we can both talk through things and mature from them. Like adults. Shut up. Ugh. No, give me give me the twin... Gibby, the twin that's writing with crayons on the wall, um, his girlfriend's name, because this is not it. Just parrot parroting what you think sounds like an adult or sounds, you know, mature. It's all nonsense. And then we just find out later that this was just a setup because he wants to go live with his dad, which surprise, surprise. It's not because he hates you, Garcelle. It's because he wants to be able to do whatever he wants without supervision. I don't have kids, but... I know how to manipulate people, so this is very obvious. And disclaimer, these are children, they're minors, they're not sociopaths, um, but that's a brat. Then she asks the other twin, what do you have to say? And he says, about what? Literally just lying on the sand in his own world. And she says, about anything. And he says, I miss Ashlyn. How sweet, how how just charming and simple. And um, I also think it's nice to see um, a young man just be so emotive over his affection for this lady, this little lady, just openly like and not think it makes him, you know, seem weak or anything. So Garcelle has done lots of things right. She's in everything right. And the other little mean twin, he's a smart guy. He's just not as smart as he thinks he is. So finally, we are at the dysfunction that is Kyle and Mauricio's clown clown show home. And I say this as a maximalist myself. I don't know what's going on with the design themes. I just, it's not gelling. Kyle is in the kitchen deciding what tea to get. She opens the drawer and says, do I want to be healthy or not? I 
am not familiar with unhealthy tea bags. So if anyone knows what kind of tea bags are like highly caloric and fatty, let me know. I didn't know those were decisions that we were needing to calculate. So they show Mauricio in the other room. Um, he's on a call with his secretary. Okay, so block me out for this weekend. And then tell me the next weekend. Okay, so you're saying I can't go to Coachella. And then Kyle is making like a disgusted face of this conversation. And immediately from from this moment, it's just real. Like she hates him. And I, I, I'm not saying I'd love to see it, but I love to see something actually genuine from her regarding an area that she had just inflated and created all this mythos about, you know, my marriage. I'm the only successful man. Like, girl, sit down. I know people who've been married. My grandparents were married, like, what, 55 years? Like, it's not the 27 years isn't giving what you think it's giving. And I don't also, we should just never say people staying together indefinitely is an accomplishment anyway, because back in the day that happened because women, like, couldn't get credit cards with their names. So the whole thing was dumb and toxic, but... I I am enjoying watching her actually like have a real position on something that's not bullshit. And her position is, I hate this man. Can you send me notes about all this stuff so I could send it to Kyle because I can't do this stuff on my own? How much longer are you on the phone? Psst, how much longer are you gonna... Honey, I'm working, so uh, just come back with it. As soon as you're gonna wrap up your golf schedule, just let me know. Then Kyle lies down on the couch in their little blue and gold University of Michigan colored foyer and says, I just can't with this day. I'm sorry. I'm just like, I hate everything. <sighs> hey, honey, y'all just wrapping up this. So I was supposed to go to Portugal at spring break uh, with Portia. I'm uh, just wondering if you guys want to all come to Portugal and make it fun. When is it? No, I, I, I have stuff to do. I can't do anything like that. In Kyle's confessional, she says, Mo and I have been having a hard year. I've been working a lot. He's been working a lot. When you have to go over your schedule to see when you can schedule, it's a problem. So Mauricio has just been shot down about Portugal and just like utter disinterest from Kyle. So he pivots to trying to compliment her, but it really sounds like he hasn't seen her in the past six months. Like, these transformations, they take time. So you and Kyle has gotten really fit. Should I even say that? Kyle has visible muscles now. Let's say that. And she works out all the time and it's her personality. Remember, she's five foot one. She might have lost like 10 pounds. So people are accusing her of being on Ozempic. I go two ways with that. And in one sense, you know, if you are, you know, a Beverly Hills person who is at an obviously healthy weight but still hates yourself and you're always on a diet and then suddenly you're finally able to lose weight, in some ways that does indicate it's ozempic because our bodies like to stay, at, you know, at the window that they're at. And so when you have these extra five pounds that you just can't get off, sometimes it's because you didn't really need to get them off. So, yeah, maybe maybe there is a chemical kick. I don't really care. She, Ozempic doesn't give you like biceps and stuff. So she is very sculpted with her ankle weights and her lavender. And uh, Mauricio looks at her like he just never seen her before. He's like, by the way, you look great. Have you not told her that yet? Like, what's going on? I mean, you just look amazing. Like, are you going to work out right now? Are you going to go hop around with uh, Tracy Edison? And then he does a whole monologue about it. I didn't know that we needed this, but I guess he was just like, here, here, I'm going to give a monologue 
then you could like edit footage of her working out put it on top of it he's like i mean you're like working out like a beast you're not drinking you're eating healthy you changed your life okay what she used to make herself burnt salmon before like i don't she wasn't like eating unhealthy before like okay and then kyle's confessional says you know, when you're going through tough times in your life, it changes you, you know, and I just, you know, fighting with my sister, feeling let down by my friends because they didn't hug me the way I wanted to for as hard as I wanted to on the reunion couch when I was fighting with my sister over stuff that I sort of ganged up on her about and then feeling let down by Mauricio and just, or no, not let down, she said feeling disconnected from my husband. You needed an outlet and I mean, I'm I'm fine with it. I'm happy with it. You're happy with it? You're happy you started working out a lot because your life is falling apart, but it's okay because how you look is thinner now? What? I, and I am happy with it. I hope Mauricio is because here I am. Why would Mauricio be happy with you looking different because you work out all the time because you guys aren't getting along? Do you see what I'm... Do you see... Do you see... Do you guys see what I... Like... I just want us to peel back the surface layer comments about fitness and health and diet, especially when it comes to the the LA, the Beverly Hills women. Like I, that don't make no sense. And then I just want to say that, um, Mauricio, he used to be the hottest husband. Okay. And again, punching up, not punching down. Everyone says that men age more gracefully than women. No, this is, this is being disproven. I don't know if it's because I don't, he's just like not hot enough to make up for his nasal deviated septum sounding always congested voice anymore. And he's got big chiclet teeth and he's wearing a white t-shirt, a new white t-shirt and his teeth are whiter than that white t-shirt. They look otherworldly. And then the canines, they're very sharp. Is, is it, it's not Halloween. So I'm, I don't know what, Anyway, he just laughs and he's like, do you have another tattoo? How many tattoos do you have now? And she like, with this very smug look says, five. And he says, seriously? She shows him all five tattoos, which are very tiny. You know, some of them are like handwriting style. They're very small. It's not like she's not going to be on the cover of like Tattoo Inc. any time soon. And he is like, I only do about three. And she says, Maybe you should be paying closer attention to my body. Whoa, shots fired. Boom, 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 boom. Then they have this amazing power struggle that, again, like these people aren't actors. Sure, they've learned some things from being in front of the camera, but trust me. And he's genuinely bewildered. Like he doesn't, he just suddenly feels like he has to wrest control of the situation again. And he says, uh, I think that's enough, don't you? And she says, mm, no, I'm thinking about getting another one. And he's like, well, I mean, I think, no, baby, that's enough. That's five tattoos. That's enough. Which, what an arbitrary, <laughs> like, again, she doesn't have a big chest plate. It's not like she's got, like, a full back tattoo. So just, like, that the number five is where you draw the line for, like, tiny black squiggles is kind of funny. But, again, it's not about that. It's a power thing. And maybe just also him feeling like, hey, I, there's these decisions being made that I'm not involved in, which is a symptom of how separate we are. So he just starts to try to like rest that control back. And she's like, mm, I mean, if I want to, I will. <laughs> and then he says, I will not allow that. In the mo, 
Like, you know he's never said it before ever. It's almost like an experiment to just try a different, like, husbanding style. He never told her today he's, she's not allowed to do something. No. No. I will not allow that. He didn't even, like, commit. And then she's like, it's my body. I'm going to do what I, it's my party. I'm going to tattoo if I want to. If I want one, I'm going to get one. It's my body. It's a body party. It's my body. I can tattoo if I want. Just kidding. And then he says love bead for the second time. And I've never heard him say that before. Love bead. Stop it. That's enough. And this just very like bewildered, like pleading. Hey, this is going off the rails off camera. Like what's happening? This is not our usual interaction. Like these are the um, these are the the beats. These are the 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 act, action words I'm seeing, pleading, to beg, to course correct. Then she gets like closer to him and says, "You don't have a choice." And he's like, "Honey, you don't have a choice." And he genuinely furrows his brow in confusion. Like it's genuine confusion. Like what what has just happened here in this interaction? He's lost. Then in her confessional, Kyle says, I don't know. I mean, sometimes when you're married, they can do no wrong. And sometimes they breathe and you want to punch them. Oh, okay. And then she says, I mean, right now, I'm irritated. I'm back into the foyer with them. I'm at a point in my life where I don't explain anything to anyone anymore. And she waits for a reaction. He just kind of, his head is cocked and his brows furred. He's just confused. She says, including you. <laughs> Not kidding at all. I'll kill you. And then Kyle gives her a Revolution Road monologue as the credits come up and the music gets tense. I just realized I went from do everything my mom told me to do to being a mom myself and trying to be a good example, a good role model for my girls. I went from doing everything my mom told me to do to being a mom myself and having to be a good role model to the girls. And I just realized that you can do all that and things can still go to shit. I don't know if it's because what happened with my sister, which is the same thing that happens every couple years. And then I also invite another sister on the show to fight and ruin our relationship. But I just don't feel like I have to answer to anybody. Well, you don't. But don't just do it to be rebellious. Listen, I'm very often clear right now. I'm very clear. And what I want, okay? And it's scissoring. Just kidding. And that is it. Thank you for listening. And stick with me as I figure out what this exact format is going to be. But what I can promise you is fun guests. I can promise you lots of content. I'm going to be doing drops. I'm going to put up the Patreon and have discussions of other franchises, which we just didn't have time to start in the beginning of this season. So stick along for the ride and I can, I'm just going to promise you a good time. I'm going to do my best. I'm going to do my level best. All right. Thanks guys. Have a great week. Program your DVR so you can then watch along with me because it's about to get crazy. It's going to be crazy. 
Cake and Kombucha, the Bravo, Bravo, effing Bravo edition is brought to you by, you know who by now, it's me, it's Kalechi. I do the editing and I do the producing and I just, I do it for the love, you know? And I hope that you like it too. So please leave me a five-star review. Bye-bye now.